Welcome to Hope Community Podcast. It's great to have you join us today listening online. We pray you'll be impacted by our message this week. Enjoy. We are in week two of our series. I love sermon series. I love going through books of the Bible. Um, That's because I'm a bit of a Bible nerd. And so this is like, I really love this. So um, week two, if you were here last week, you would have heard Tam bring an amazing word, um, introing this series. And if you haven't heard it, I just want to encourage you to jump on YouTube or listen to the podcast and have a listen to it because it was really powerful and lays a really great foundation. Obviously, we're in a series. It was week one really great to listen, so make sure you do that. Now, because I'm a bit of a Bible nerd, I love to have a bit of context. And because we're in a book of the Bible, we're in the book of Ephesians, um, I like to know a bit about it. And so I'm just going to share a few little bits with you. And so if you know all about it already, that's totally fine. You might be new to church, new to the Bible, and so I'm just going to give you a little bit of info about Ephesians. So Ephesians was written by a guy named Paul. He was originally, um, he was Saul, and he was a religious leader, and he was actually persecuting Christians. He was against Christians. He had a radical encounter with Jesus and it changed his whole world. And he became um, one of the founding fathers of the faith of Christianity. He was an apostle. He was a missionary traveling around um, and pioneering churches. So Paul is awesome. Um, he, it was written as a letter originally to the Christians who were living in Ephesus. Ephesus was, it's still there today, actually. I love this too. I love seeing pictures, so I've been Googling pictures, and there's still ruins from ancient Ephesus, which is really cool. It was a big urban city, bustling, one of the largest cities in the Roman Empire. Um, so a bit different to Burfingary, but that's okay. All right, so week one was called The Best Seat in the House and Pastor Tam shared about the position that we have as followers of Jesus with Him and what that means for us. Being seated indicates a few things, a position of authority and power, but also of rest. But even though we are seated with Christ positionally and spiritually, our spiritual life is actually lived out here on earth. So we have to work it out and we have to walk it out. So today, that's what I want to talk about. We're going to dive further into Ephesians and we're going to see what that looks like. Um, But I do just want to pray. I know we've prayed a lot, um, but we like talking to the Lord, don't we? All right, I'm going to pray. Pray with me. Yeah, pray with me because I believe that even though we're all reading the same things, hearing the same words, God's going to highlight different things for you. So just be open and ask Him and say, God, I'm open to what you have for me today. Heavenly Father, um, we just invite you as your people to open our hearts. And God, um, I thank you that we're all different. We're all in different stages of the journey, Lord. And so we just invite you to speak to each of our hearts individually and ask that you would highlight what do you want us to know today? What do you want us to do with it, God? And we just give you this space and this time now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So we have a lot of ground to cover today. And um, just so you know, I'm not going to be covering everything because the book of Ephesians is so full and so rich. There is so much in there and it is not actually possible for me to go through every little bit. So I'm just giving you a heads up on that. Um, it will be good, actually, to give you some homework. Who, who actually, who remembers what the homework was from last week? Oh, Ruben's got his hand up. Who actually read it? 
good, bless you. That was reading chapters one and two. So if you haven't done that, then this week you have to read chapters one through four, just so you know. It was funny, Reuben was behind me last week and Tam said something like, no one will check in on that. And I was thinking, I'll check in on that. (laughs) Reuben heard me. Anyway. All right, I want to give you some context because we're dropping in at the end of chapter two and Paul begins to address one of the cultural issues that had been affecting the early church. First, he addresses the divide that was between the Jews and the Gentiles. Now remember, Gentiles are just non-Jewish people. So I think most of us here are probably Gentiles. Congratulations. This was a culture where there was some serious segregation and separation. The Jews saw the Gentiles as second-class citizens and they were actually excluded from being in certain places and doing certain things. There were two distinct separate classes of people. Now, to give you an, an idea of the extent of it, there was even actually a low wall that had been built around the temple in Jerusalem as like a marker of where the Gentiles were no longer allowed to go in. Now... Does any of this sound a little bit familiar right now? Like, is this resonating with some people? Does anyone feel like maybe God wants to speak into this today? I don't believe that us being in this series currently is a coincidence. Just this week, we had some things that were announced for our state that will be implemented soon that will create a two-tiered segregated society. Here we are in chapter two and and heading on. And I believe God wants to speak, but I believe he wants to encourage us from his word today. So let's read. Grab your Bibles, turn with me to Ephesians. And just so you know, I will be mainly using the New Living Translation for today. I'm gonna be jumping in at verse 19 of Ephesians chapter two. All right, so now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. So this whole section and the the little section before, um, Paul is saying that even though there may be division and segregation and sometimes even hostility in the world, it is supposed to look radically different within the context of the church. We are a family and we are all in this together. And that's the title of today's message. We are all in this together. Paul is saying that now we're not not only um, united with Christ, but also with each other. All right. I've actually had, um, over the last few months, I've just had this message of unity, like just really feeling like this is something that we need to be aware of and focus on um, as the body of Christ. And so I'm really excited that this is actually, this is where we're at today and I get to share it with you. 
At the beginning of COVID, like the beginning of last year, the whole message that we were hearing was we're all in this together. We're all in this together. And that made things easier for us to deal with when we had to be in lockdown, when things had to stop. We had that universal kind of feeling of it's okay, I can do this because everyone else is going through the same thing. It helps you to endure. It can bring um, comfort and encouragement knowing that you're not the only one and, you, and it helps to, for you to hang in there that bit longer. But since then, the narrative has changed. I've seen a radical shift, and not just in the world, but in the church as well, among Christians, on Facebook. Um, And it makes me really sad. We cannot allow ourselves to be dragged along with a worldly narrative because let's face it, like that's, that's the enemy. It's his whole, that's his whole thing, division, creating division. My heart is that we would go back to a united perspective that we're all in this together. More than ever, I believe that we need to have unity within the church. There is so much more that God wants to do. And God wants to accomplish that through us as his family. We actually can't do that unless we have unity. So let's talk about unity. It's one of those words. Unity is not uniformity, okay? So that means that we don't have to be the same. We don't have to think the same or feel the same, have the same choices, but we can still have unity. I love the illustration of unity being like harmony. So like when we're singing a song and you might have a group of singers and they're singing with different harmonies. Each of them are actually singing different notes, but they all blend together and come together in the same song. The different notes, same song, and the parts enrich the others, like it makes the whole song sound better. Unity is is combining many parts into one. Unity is oneness. Unity is also to join in purpose. Now we know from last week, um, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, that we have purpose that God created in advance for us to do. But if we are divided, we cannot fulfill that purpose. We're going to talk more about purpose in a minute. I read a quote this week that reminded me of what being in a family looks like. Instead of concentrating on what might divide us, we need to concentrate on what unites us. And when we're a family, we can be really, really different, but we're family, so we're kind of stuck together, yeah? That's what makes family special. We don't get to choose them. We're a ready-made bunch of individuals who belong together, but can be really, really different. Um, Now, most of you... A lot of you know my family. We're here, we've got Dan, and then we have our three kids that you often see running around here. So I thought I might introduce you this morning to my family that I grew up in. So I think I've got a picture of, yeah, that's us, mum and dad. And I have two brothers and two sisters. Some of you know one of my sisters because she's visited here before and spoken here before. Um, I also have... Do you want to throw out the other one? This is my extended family. Now, this is not everyone, but I also have, so two brothers, two sisters. I've got two sister-in-laws, two brother-in-laws. I have four nieces. I have seven nephews. I have a niece-in-law. That's her in her wedding dress there. Um, And my parents. So we are an interesting bunch. 
with different values, beliefs, hobbies, political persuasions, personalities and preferences. But we are a family. We love each other. And because we love each other, we endure the family Zooms because we're all in different parts of the country. Who's done like family catch-ups on Zoom in the last couple of years? They're so much fun, aren't they? (laughs) Have you ever tried to sing happy birthday on Zoom? (laughs) It is one of the funniest things in the world. The timing does not work. That is not a good example of harmony, actually. All right. So because we're family, we do that. We value the connection we have as a family. Now, Paul's reminder to us is that we are members of God's family. If you are a follower of Jesus here today, then you are in God's family. And if you're not, you're invited to be a part of God's family. All right, let's go back to those verses that we read. So together, we are a house for the Lord because of Jesus And what he did for us, we are joined together as his people and joined together with Jesus. I love this. It says we are becoming a holy temple. So that means we aren't finished yet. The work is not completed. It is an ongoing process. So we're a temple, but we're still growing and becoming more like Jesus. Because remember, he's the cornerstone. So he sets the standard for us to follow. And I find it amazing that even though we're a work in progress, that God still chooses to dwell among us. Isn't that amazing? That blows my mind. All right, so how do we get unity? I want to keep reading. We're going to jump down to chapter four. And I want you to look out for Paul's instructions for us. All right, chapter four, unity in the body. Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all and living through all. Isn't that awesome? That's so beautiful. We're going to pause there for a minute. If you have a highlighter, you need to be highlighting a lot of stuff in here. Just saying. In Psalm 133, um, the Passion Translation says this, how truly wonderful and delightful it is to see brothers and sisters living together in sweet unity. It's as precious as the sacred scented oil flowing from the head of the high priest Aaron, dripping down upon his beard and running all the way down to the hem of his priestly robes. This harmony can be compared to the dew dripping from Mount Hermon, which flows down upon the hills of Zion. Indeed, that is where Yahweh has decreed his blessings will be found, the promise of life forevermore. Now, I know that's beautiful flowery language, but it is really wonderful to see people living together in unity. So unity is precious and wonderful, but it's also costly. If we're talking about the sacred oil, so... 
Back in that culture, Old Testament, if you went to somebody's home um, for a meal or something, they would anoint you with oil. But because it was expensive, it's usually just like a couple of little drops. It's not going to be poured out like this example here. This here is, um, is being poured out in abundance. So it's the abundant, but it, it's not cheap. So it's costly. Living in unity can be costly. All right, let's go back to chapter four. Always, say always. It says in verse two, always be humble and gentle. Not sometimes, not only on certain occasions or with certain people. So I just want you to have a think for a minute. What does that look like for you? What could that look like on social media, on Facebook this week? Tell you what, that is not always a place where people are gentle. (laughs) Be patient, make allowances for one another. That's a good reminder, isn't it? And why? Because of love. It says make every effort. We need to make every effort to stay united. So we can be united, but then like we have to work for it to stay that way. We need to back each other up. We need to be there for one another. And what binds us? It says peace. We are to bind ourselves together with peace. I had to look up peace, of course. This was in um, this in Strong's Concordance. A state of national tranquility. Tranquility is such a peaceful word, isn't it? Exemption of rage and havoc in war. Harmony between individuals, there's that word again. Security, safety, peace is also rest. How do we rest? Being seated with Jesus. We get our energy to do the work of living in unity from our seated position of rest with Jesus. Okay, here's a little side note for you. So when we think of rest and when we think of Sabbath, like, we have Sabbath once a week um, because God worked for six days and then rested on the seventh, right? But have you thought of it this way? Where for us, for man, man was created on the sixth day. So what was our first day? It was rest. It was rest and then work. Rest and then work. All right, it's also important to know that we want to be like we're doing our working and our living in response to what God has done for us. We're not trying to earn anything, right? We just need to remember that. It's already been paid for. We're saved by grace, not works, so no one can boast. That was in chapter two. All right, let's keep rolling. Are you all good? You with me? You need to do some ankle rolls, stretches. You good? Okay. Verse 11. Now, okay, this is, we love talking about this. I just want you to know I'm not going to be teaching on all of this with the, the fivefold, okay? It's important. It's not for today. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. We believe, therefore, today. That's all I'm going to say about that. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ, 
This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. That is so cool. Then we'll no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. All right, so when we decide to become a follower of Jesus, we get um, put under this great commission, which is be a disciple, make disciples of all nations, make disciples of all nations. That's our overarching calling and purpose. And then we see that as his body, we are to do his work and build up the church. And then we do that by using our own individual gifts and talents. um, And we get to be who God made us to be. We get to bring what we have to the rest of the body, right? So together we're a body. And we learned earlier that we're a temple that is still under construction. So we're a body, we're a body that's still growing and maturing, Now, Paul makes it really clear with this analogy that followers of Jesus, and Sam, I love that you talked about this this morning as well, and she didn't even know what I was preaching on, um, that Jesus is the head. We have a part to play. We are his body. We all have equal importance, okay? You are all important. We all have special work that God planned for us to do. And as we function in that way, as we bring what we have to the rest of the body, then there's a flow-on effect. It helps the other parts to grow. Did you know that? If you aren't here and playing your part, someone else is not going to grow as they should. Have you thought about it like that before? What you bring and who you are is important. We need you. That's why it's important as well for us to make every effort to be in unity so that we will keep showing up, all right? We need each other. We need to gather together. The enemy knows this, and that is why he is so intent on creating division at every opportunity. We cannot submit to that. We have to resist it. If the church is divided, we cannot fulfill our purpose. All right, let's go back to purpose. Let's talk about that now. What did it say here? Verse 13, we need to be growing in our faith and knowledge of Jesus, come to maturity and measure up to the full and complete standard of Christ. That sounds really heavy. (laughs) Our job is to grow together and function as one and then we'll be like Jesus. That's the goal. All right, so we're part of the family. We have a job. We need to grow as one. Let's see what that looks like. I know I'm motoring through this. I hope you're okay. All right, this next section of Scripture is huge. Um, So this is something maybe you can just keep an eye out for all the things that we need to be doing. If you've got a highlighter, highlight it. 
All right, living as children of the light is the heading in my Bible, verse 17. So we're chapter four, verse 17. Okay, with the Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against Him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from Him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbours the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. We're almost there. Verse 30, and do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, He has identified you as His own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words and slander, as well as all types of evil behaviour. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Okay, take a deep breath. Are you good? There's a lot in that, but it's really good stuff. And we need to know this because you know what? The world's watching us. Have you ever had this where you, someone who isn't a follower of Jesus and they pull you up on something and go, that isn't very Christian of you? Does that ever happen to you? I have family that will say things like that um, and it can sting a little, but also sometimes like they're just being a bit silly, but they're watching, they're watching us as the church. They hold, I think sometimes they hold us to a higher standard than we hold to ourselves to. Jesus is our standard. Sometimes they know what he looks like more than we do. All right, let's run through these. I'm not going to run through all of them, but I just want to point out a few things in this big section that I think is important that God wants to highlight today. From verse 17, now that you're a follower of Jesus, you can't live the way you were before you met Jesus. When you know Jesus, you have a completely different perspective. Remember all of that stuff from last week. That's important. That's our foundation. We're building on that. When you don't have Jesus, you can be confused. You can think that life is useless and meaningless, but we have purpose and hope. Remember where we are seated and who we are seated with. Throw off the old life and put on the new. 
We are to live with renewed minds. Think of like Romans 12, 2 um, and Colossians 3, 2. Set your mind on things above. All right, verse 18. Don't let your hearts become hardened. I wanted to talk about this because I feel like it's something that we read in a few parts of the Bible. And and I just want to talk about what it means. Our hearts become hard when we are no longer responsive to the voice of God. And that causes us to wander away from Him. Um, We don't want that. We need to keep responding to God's voice. Keep our hearts soft, attuned to Him. All right, verse 25. If we are going to live in genuine relationship, then we need to be honest, okay? We read that in verse 15 too, the truth in love. Part of growing and maturing, just as a human in general, is learning to have honest conversations with one another, right? But when you're a follower of Jesus, that is all clothed in love. Love is the ultimate covering, the ultimate goal. So it's not just truth, it's truth in love. We need to act with integrity. Um, And don't forget, like, lying can be lying by omission, by not saying things when maybe you should. It's not a nice feeling knowing that you're being lied to, is it? Sometimes I remember that when I need to have a tough conversation with someone and maybe say something that isn't so comfortable and lovely, but it's the truth in love. We are called to live in peace, which sometimes means making peace, not keeping it. There's a difference. It's never honouring to be deceitful. All right, verse 26. We cannot let anger control us. Remember, anger in itself is not sinful. It's the way that we can behave as a result of anger, right? If you let anger control you, it gives the devil a way in. The word foothold is used here, but I looked up that word and like another way that you can picture it is actually like a place of occupancy, It's literally giving him permission to have a place and a say in us. Like that's huge. And remember, like the enemy wants division, right? So he's going to get in when he can. And so if you give him a place, he has permission, he has a way. We cannot allow even a small opportunity for that to creep in. Verse 28, we are to live a life of generosity and work is from the Lord. Verse 29, don't use foul or abusive language. This is pretty straightforward, but it is so countercultural, right? We live in a world like even like the... The stuff that you can hear on TV in a normal kind of family time slot these days is very different to even 10, 20 years ago, right? It is very socially acceptable to say all kinds of things. Do you know what? The world standard is not our standard, all right? Jesus is our standard. His word is our standard, We know from Proverbs, um, I think it's 1821, that our words have power. Our words have power to bring life or death. We are called 
to bring life through our words. Words are powerful, all right? They're not just empty sounds that come out of our mouths, all right? What you say matters. We need to be intentional to use our words for good, to build up and encourage. And we need to forgive. And you know how our model is for our capacity to forgive? It's God. It's limitless. All of these things, if we could achieve all of these things that are listed off here, then we could actually achieve a really great level of unity in the body of Christ. Imagine how nice it would be if we lived together like that. Not just at church, but in in our homes, in our cars. (laughs) But we need help to do these things, don't we? Like it's hard. We're human. How can we achieve it? Band, I think you can come up now. I'm going to wrap shortly. This is all tough, heavy stuff. And even though it's simple, it's not easy, right? It's only with God's help. And I believe that if we go back to chapter three, which we kind of skipped over, there's an incredible prayer in there that articulates everything that we need. We need God's help. So what I'm going to do to finish up is I'm just going to speak this over us all. It's from Ephesians 3 and verses 14 to 21. So I'm just going to invite you to stand and I'm going to just read this over us and then I'm just going to pray and then we're just going to finish with a song of worship. You can close your eyes if you want to. You can put your hands out in a posture of receiving. I'm just going to read these things. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from His glorious, unlimited resources, He will empower you with inner strength through His Spirit. Then Christ will make His home in your hearts as you trust in Him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high and how deep His love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you'll be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able through His mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to Him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. So Lord, 
these are some big challenges. These are some, some big things, Lord. It is simple, but it is not easy and we need your help. God, first of all, I just pray that you would help each person here to have those, those truths that Tam spoke over us last week deep in our hearts so that we know where, where we are positioned and who we are seated with. And from that place, of rest and identity, that we can walk out everything that You have called us to, God. But we look to You, we need You, God. I just pray, Lord, that You would help all of us to show up, to bring what we have, even though it may not feel significant, to bring it to use, to build up and grow one another, Lord. I thank You for the way that You've designed us to live as a community of people. We have learnt the value of that, God, in the last two years. We need each other. So God, I just pray for that abundance of grace and love that we would be so full and feel filled, Lord, that we would make allowances, that we would be humble, that we would be gentle, that we would be forgiving. Lord, would you just clear our hearts, God? Even now, if there are offences, if there's any bitterness, Lord, we invite you to pluck it out, take it out in Jesus' Name. I just pray for a cleansing and a restoration, God, of hearts this morning. Maybe it's pain, maybe it's hearts that have been damaged by other, by other believers, God, by others in the church. Where there's been hurt, Lord, we thank You that You can bring healing today in Jesus' Name. God, we have so much work to do, but Lord Jesus, we look to You as our example and not the world. We refuse to go along with what the world says. And Lord Jesus, we attune ourselves to You and Your words and Your ways and Your truth right now in Jesus' Name, that we will be unified. And the world that is watching us, God, that they would know that we are Your people because of our love, because of our unity, because of our peace. We can have peace because of who You are, God. We can trust You. You've got this, God. And so we look to You, Lord. And this morning, I just pray, God, that You would help us to commit afresh, not just to You, not just to being united with You, Lord Jesus, but with one another. Lord, I thank You for the ministry that You're doing in hearts this morning. And give You praise in Jesus' Name. Thanks so much for listening to Hope Community Podcasts. We hope you enjoyed today's message and remember to subscribe to the channel to keep up to date. From everyone here at Hope Community, have the best week.